TED Audio Collective. I'm Elise Hugh. This is TED Talks Daily. What is the most important item you have on you each day? The one that you would feel lost without? The one that contains the most data about you? Your phone, right? In today's archive talk from TED Women 2019, digital security expert Eva Galperin uses our attachment to our phones and the troves of information they contain as a reminder that they can also expose us to all kinds of danger when they're in the wrong hands. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like electric vehicles, renewable energy, water sustainability, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Global Fabric, brought to you by BT. Available in over 200 countries and direct, high-bandwidth connectivity to over 700 data centers worldwide, Global Fabric provides a zero-trust journey, DDoS detection, and mitigation embedded as standard, so you can secure your complex multi-cloud ecosystem without impacting performance. Baseline monitor and manage your carbon footprint across your entire ecosystem with our dedicated Carbon Network dashboard. Plus, the Global Fabric network is powered by one 100% renewable energy. Master the multi-cloud with Global Fabric. Future-proof and secure your connectivity on a network that evolves with you. To learn how BT's Global Fabric can transform your organization's connectivity, head to bt.com slash global fabric. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at... 3 a.m. The office was shocked... That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. I want you to travel back in time with me to the before time, to 2017. I don't know if you can remember it. Dinosaurs were roaming the earth. Uh, I was a security researcher. I had spent about five or six years doing research on the ways in which APTs, which uh, uh, is short for Advanced Persistent Threats, uh, which stands for nation-state actors, uh, spy on journalists and activists and lawyers and scientists and just generally people who speak truth to power. And I'd been doing this for a while, when I discovered that one of my fellow researchers with whom I had been doing this all this time uh, was allegedly a serial rapist. So the first thing that I did was I read a bunch of uh, of articles about this, and uh, in January of 2018, I read an article with uh, some of his uh, alleged victims, And one of the things that really struck me about this article is how scared they were. They were really frightened. They had, you know, uh, tape over the cameras on their phones and on their laptops. And what they were worried about was that he was a hacker and he was going to hack into their stuff and he was going to ruin their lives. Uh, And this had kept them silent for a really long time. So I was furious. And I didn't want anyone to ever feel that way again. 
So I did what I usually do when I'm angry. I tweeted. <laughs> and the thing that I tweeted was that if you are a woman who has been sexually abused by a hacker, and that hacker has threatened to break into your devices, that you could contact me, and I would try to make sure that your device got a full sort of forensic look over. And then I went to lunch. 10,000 retweets later, <laughs> I had accidentally started a project. <laughs> so every morning, I woke up and my mailbox was full. It was full of the stories of uh, men and women telling me the worst thing that had ever happened to them. Um, I was contacted by uh, women who were being spied on by men, by men who were being spied on by men, by women who were being spied on by women, but the vast majority of the people contacting me were women who had been sexually abused by men who were now spying on them. Uh, the one particularly interesting case involved a man who came to me because uh, his a uh, boyfriend had outed him as gay to his extremely conservative Korean family. So this is, this is not just a men spying on, on women issue. Um, and I'm here to share what I learned from this experience. What I learned is that data leaks. It's like water. It gets in places you don't want it. Human leaks. Your friends give away information about you. Your family gives away information about you. Uh, you go to a party, somebody tags you as having been there. Um, and this is one of the ways in which abusers pick up information about you that you don't otherwise want them to know. It is not uncommon for abusers to uh, go to friends and family and ask for information about their victims under the guise of being concerned about their mental health. Uh, form of, uh, of leak that I saw was actually uh, what we call account compromise. So your Gmail account, your uh, Twitter account, your Instagram account, your iCloud, your Apple ID, your Netflix, your TikTok. I had to figure out what a TikTok was. And if it had a login, it, I saw it compromised. And the reason for that is because your abuser is not always your abuser. Uh, it is really common for people in relationships to share passwords. Um, furthermore, people who are intimate, who know a lot about each other, can guess each other's security questions, or they can look over each other's shoulders to see what code they're using in order to lock their phones. They frequently have physical access to the phone, or they have physical access to the laptop. Uh, and this gives them a, a lot of opportunity to, uh, to do things to people's accounts, which is very dangerous. Uh, the good news is that we have advice for people to lock down their accounts. This advice already exists, and it comes down to this. Um, use strong, unique passwords for all of your accounts. Um, use uh, more strong, unique passwords as the answers to your security questions so that somebody who knows the name of your childhood pet can't reset your password. Um, and finally, turn on the highest level of two-factor authentication that you're comfortable using, so that even if an abuser manages to steal your password, um, because they don't have the second factor, they will not be able to log into your account. 
The other thing that you should do uh, is you should take a look at the uh, security and privacy tabs for most of your accounts. Most accounts have a security or privacy tab that tells you what devices are logging in and tells you where they're logging in from. And if, for example, I took a look at my Facebook logins and I saw somebody logging in from Dubai, uh, I would find that suspicious because I have not been to Dubai in some time. But sometimes it really is a rat. If by rat you mean remote access tool, and a remote access tool is essentially what we mean uh, when we say stalkerware. So one of the reasons why getting full access to your device is really tempting for governments is the same reason why getting full access to your device is tempting for, uh, for abusive partners and former partners. Uh, we carry tracking devices around in our pockets all day long. Uh, we carry devices that contain all of our passwords, all of our uh, communications, including our end-to-end -end encrypted communications, all of our emails, all of our contacts, uh, all of our selfies are all in one place. Often our financial information is also in this place. And so full access to a person's phone is the next best thing to full access to a person's mind. And what stalkerware does is it gives you this access. So, you may ask, how does it work? Uh, the way in which Stalkerware works is that uh, it's a commercially available program which an abuser purchases, uh, installs on the device that they want to spy on, usually because they have physical access or they can trick the, um, their target into installing it themselves by saying, you know, this is a very important program you should install on your, on your device. And uh, then they pay the stalkerware company for access to a portal, which gives them all of the information from that device. And you're usually paying something like 40 bucks a month. Uh, so uh, this kind of spying is remarkably cheap. Uh, do these companies know that their tools are being used as tools of abuse? Absolutely. If you take a look at the marketing copy for Coco Spy, which is one of these products, it says right there on the website that Coco Spy allows you to spy on your wife with ease. You don't have to worry about where she goes, who she talks to, or what websites she visits. So that's creepy. Hello Spy, which is uh, another such product, uh, had a marketing page in which they spent most of their copy talking about the prevalence of cheating and how important it is to catch your partner cheating. It turns out that if you have uh, stalkerware on your computer or on your phone, uh, it can be really difficult to know uh, whether or not it's there. And one of the reasons for that is because antivirus companies often don't, um, don't recognize stalkerware as malicious. Uh, they don't recognize it as a, as a Trojan or as any of the other stuff that you would normally find uh, that they would warn you about. I think that for, for one sample that I looked at, I had something like a result of seven out of 60 
of the platforms recognized the stalkerware that I was testing, I have managed to convince a couple of antivirus companies to start marking stalkerware as malicious, so that all you have to do if you're worried about having this stuff on your uh, on your computer is uh, you download the program, you run a scan, and it tells you, hey, there's some potentially unwanted program on your device. It gives you the option of removing it, but it does not remove it automatically. And one of the reasons for that is because of the way that abuse works. Uh, frequently, uh, victims of abuse aren't sure whether or not they want to tip off their abuser by cutting off their access, or they're worried that their abuser is going to uh, escalate to violence or perhaps even greater violence than they've already been engaging in. Uh, Kaspersky was one of the very first companies that, uh, that said that they were going to start taking this seriously. And in uh, November of this year, they issued a report in which they said that since they started tracking uh, stalkerware uh, among their users, that they had seen an increase of 35%. Uh, likewise, uh, Lookout uh, came out with a statement saying that they were going to take this uh, much more seriously. And finally, a company called Malwarebytes also put out such a statement and said that they had found 2,500 programs in the time that they had been looking, which could be classified as stalkerware. Finally, um, in November, I helped to launch a coalition uh, called the Coalition Against Stalkerware, uh, made up of um, academics, uh, people who are doing this, this sort of thing on the ground, the you know, practitioners of uh, helping people to escape from inter intimate partner violence, uh, and antivirus companies. And our goal is both to educate people about, uh, about these programs, but also to convince the antivirus companies to change the norm in how they act around uh, this very scary software uh, so that soon, if I get up in front of you and I talk to you about this next year, I can tell you that the problem has been solved and all you have to do is download any antivirus and it is considered normal for it to detect stalkerware. That is my hope. Thank you very much.